This week on Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. That was my plan all along. Wahahaha. Welcome to Buffy the Gilmore Slayer. I'm Brian Morris. I'm Stacey Kulo. And we're both comedians. And a couple. And I've never seen Gilmore Girls, one of Stacey's favorite shows. And I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one of Brian's favorite shows. So we're watching both shows together, all seven seasons, comparing them as we go. And this is a very special episode where we recap season six as a whole. Just our final thoughts. We're going to count down our favorite moments. We're going to talk about our favorite episodes. Just all of it, in a nutshell. Yeah, all of it. Just to put a bow on it before we move on to season seven. And these seasons, these season sixes, are both very complicated and controversial in some aspects. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I think there's plenty to talk about. Yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. What the fuck is today? That's not Valentine's Day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not today. When this, <laughs> when like, this comes out, it'll be Valentine's Day. Yeah, okay. You got time to make up for the last 10 years. Ten, make up for the last 10 years? <laughs> joking what did i do listen those bridesmaids i didn't know okay i didn't know we were ever gonna find out about them yeah your your annual bridesmaid fuck on valentine's days i found out about it i've why should i turn it down they keep saying yes (laughs) all the bridesmaids wait you're offering (laughs) i put one craigslist ad out there for bridesmaids and i keep getting responses listen i'll get you a coffee cart what do you want (laughs) How can I make this up to you? We uh, Do you want to ask the people how they sleep? Guys, I have a question. So I don't like my pillow. I feel like I loved my pillow, but it's it's dying. I don't know how pillows die or what, but it just seems like it doesn't give me the support it used to. So I want to buy a new pillow, and I'm actually looking about getting like kind of an expensive pillow just because I, I just like want the best pillow to help me sleep because sometimes I have trouble sleeping. I want to know how you guys sleep. What is your sleep position? Now, the three main ones are back, side, and stomach. And for those who are- Or bridesmaids. That is my most common position right now. The three are back, side, and stomach. The three normal ones. Maybe there's another one I am unaware of. Batmaning upside down? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Vampire. Yeah. Which is the rarest. So, Stacey and I are stomach sleepers. Maybe combination. Side to stomach. I, I feel like I prefer mostly tummy. Yeah. Our sleeping position is like not like straight up flat on our stomachs. It's sort of like on our stomach, on our side, if that makes sense. So it's like in between stomach and side, but like our tummies are touching. Not each other's tummies. No. (laughs) That is actually the first rule for uh, bridesmaid banging. No tummy touches. That's not, it's not cheating if your tummies don't touch. So no missionary. (laughs) No, 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 no. So that's how we sleep. It's kind of funny we both sleep that way because stomach sleeping is apparently the least common position. So that means back sleeping is more common, which is wild to me. Who are you? Who are these people? Are you one of them? Are you a back sleeper? What the hell? I feel like I would die if I slept on my back. (laughs) That sounds dramatic, but like, I don't know. I feel like I would like gag on my spit or something. Yeah. And all of the like videos about storing, it's like when you sleep on your back, everything closes up. I can't, it's like, you're going to be snoring. I just can't. I've done it when I've like thrown out my back. You and I don't really snore. Like we both have snored, but yes. it, it's not like every night or even every week, I would say. But right. it, like if we end up in the wrong position, like on your back, it'll come out. Yeah. 
So anyway, my point is I'm curious what your guys' sleeping positions are. Because I would say strict side sleeping for me is possible, and I've done it. Occasionally I will, but is also less comfortable for me. So I'm curious, what is your most comfortable position? What do you do with your arm, the one that's under you? Like I always put mine under my pillow and like actually kind of like rest my head on it on the pillow. What do you guys do? How do you sleep? This will help Brian determine what pillow he's going to get, I guess. And we're not going to be mad at you if you are a back sleeper. It's okay. You can tell us. It's fine. Freak. Whatever. (laughs) Kidding. I mostly just want them to prove that the internet's right in the fact that there's more back sleepers than stomach sleepers. It's insane to me. Yeah. But follow-up question, do you have like a pillow that like works for you, a brand you love? I'm looking at the purple pillow, which is crazy expensive, stupid, but I just want a wonderful pillow. What do you guys use? What are your sleeping positions? Have you tried the Purple Pillow? They do not sponsor us. If you're hearing us, Purple Pillow, I can't afford you, so please sponsor us. (laughs) This is a reverse ad. We're (laughs) we're looking for you to send us pillow ads. Anyway, let us know. I'll ask the maids how they prefer to sleep, too. Is that what you're calling the bridesmaids? (laughs) Yeah, the maids. Uh, (laughs) Oh, maybe I just said maids in the ad. Shit! These aren't bridesmaids? That is cheating, then. (laughs) What is cheating? I think posting a Craigslist ad <laughs> for non-missionary sex. I'm very clear. No tummy touches. It's not cheating if you don't look each other in the eyes. <laughs> well, before we dive into our thoughts on season six, we do have a couple five-star reviews. Ooh. Thank you so much to Patel SB 810 Thank you. Thank you to Heather the Scorpio, who says we're like a funny, warm cup of cocoa. Thank you. It's really nice. Yeah. And also from Great Britain, thank you to Sensi. Now, Sensi is best friends with Imogen Bosley, who you know, Brian. They left us a five-star review about a month ago. Okay, cool. I was like, what, is she a bridesmaid? Who is this? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, Imogen recently moved from the UK to Banff. I've been there. In Canada. And Sensi introduced Imogen to our podcast, and that is now how they keep in touch. Because they don't hang out every day like they used to. But when they do chat, they talk about our show. That's really sweet. Thanks, guys. I'm glad you guys are having some enjoyment from this. Yeah. As opposed to everyone else who just hate listens. They, <laughs> I hate their opinions so much. Next. So Sensi wants to thank us for helping them get through their separation and wants us to tell Imogen that she loves her. That's really sweet. They both shouted each other out in their five-star reviews, but now it's, it's I have all the information. It's come full circle. Wow. Full plot. If you have a love story with another one of our listeners, please let us know. Yeah. Or if you want us to help you find love, we've got a chunk of the podcast dedicated to five-star reviews. So if you want to make yours a, a want ad for love or bridesmaids, leave us a five-star review. We'll say whatever. Or groomsmen. Okay. Let's just be fair. <laughs> okay. Should we go? Should we do it? Yeah. Let's just go home. No, no, we're home. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we're going to start with Gilmore Girls. Brian, tell us what happened on season six. Okay, so season six starts off dealing with all the turmoil and decisions that Rory made in season five. So Rory has moved in with her grandparents. She's no longer living with Lorelai. She's dropped out of Yale. She's decided she's not going to be a journalist because Mitchum was mean to her one time. And she's just like giving up all that. She wants to, to go on her own. So she's just living her free, independent life. Sort of under the thumb of her grandparents. Yeah. She is just kind of floating around directionless. She gets a job for the DAR. She starts doing DAR stuff. She, like, pours herself into that for a while. Her friends, like, Paris are like, what are you doing? You should be going to Yale. Are you serious about this? Her and Lorelai are not talking. Rory's also dealing with the yacht situation. Remember, she stole a yacht last time. 
And her grandparents are like, you're going to be fine. But she gets sentenced to a ton of community service because her grandparents make her seem like a very entitled, rich, spoiled brat. I pointed this out at the time that if Lorelai had come, it's possible she wouldn't have come across that way. So she gets like 300 hours of community service, which really throws a wrench into her like, I'm going to try to figure out who I am, get my life together plans because she's it's, she's got like a full time job already. And then she has to get an actual job. But she is living in Emily and Richard's pool house. They're just so happy to have her, the daughter they've always wanted. Uh, and she's living out there, sort of independent, sleeping with Logan out there. She and Logan are dating. It's probably great, and she feels independent for a little while. But it doesn't all last. Rory and Lorelai, like I said, are estranged for like several episodes of the season. They have a few confrontations. They're not reconciling, but they're both a little miserable, especially Lorelai. But both of them are miserable that they're not in each other's lives because they're like BFFs, daughter and moms, whatever. It's also strange between Rory and Luke. It's all very sad. But eventually, Richard and Emily find out that Rory is sleeping with Logan. And, you know, of course, they're freaked out because they're like, oh, no, you're going to have another, you're going to lower lie and have a baby. They realize she is directionless and not doing anything with her life. So they kind of come down hard on her being strict. Rory's all like, I ain't having none of that. She moves out. Things are bad until Jess shows up, like magically, like out of the, like, he just like, like a magic character just like appears from the darkness one night. And it's just like, hey, I'm in this episode for a little bit to yell at you, Rory, for not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And then Rory's like, oh, yeah, Jess is right, like always. And so she gets her whole life together on one episode, <laughs> reunites with her mom. Literally, they're just like, uh, I don't know, maybe Jess just appears and uh, fixes it. So, yeah, I think some stuff was sort of happening in her mind over time, but yes. It was very much like, well, let's uh, wrap up this whole uh, Rory's dropping out storyline. And let's, let's pick a good guy like Jess, someone who always has had his life together and made the best decisions. That was sarcasm, in case anyone's confused. I wasn't. Meanwhile, Lorelai is, you know, broken up about her relationship with Rory being bad. But she is, she is the one that's being very stubborn. She's all like, Rory has to be the one that comes back to me, and I'm only going to accept her apology and, like, daughter friendship once she's, like, got her life back together the way I want her to. But I am also kind of excited that I'm getting married to Luke. Because Luke, at the end of last season, she asked him if he'll marry her. He immediately says yes at the beginning of this season. Of, co- of course he's, he's going to marry her. So she is, like, also excited about marrying Luke. So's Luke. They're like, let's rush this wedding out. It's going to be great. But then Luke has secret daughter show up. What? Yes. Luke has a secret daughter he did not know about. She shows up, steals some of his hair. Turns out he is the daughter. There's this whole, at the writing here. He is here, the daughter? What? You said, turns out he is the daughter. Yeah, it's weird. He is the daughter. April's the dad. It's it's crazy sci-fi. He realizes that he actually does have a daughter that he never knew about. The writing here is weird. The woman, Anna, who he had the baby with, just decided not to tell him because she could tell he didn't like kids. Okay. And she could support April herself. All right, sure, whatever. It's not like he doesn't have a right to know about his child. Also, he's all like, you should have told me. She's all like, yeah, maybe I should have. But it's like, I feel like you'd be more angry that she didn't tell you that you have a fucking kid. But then he's got this kid. He's got to keep a secret from Lorelai for no reason because it would ruin the way. I don't know. He keeps it a secret from her until she finds out. This is how Gilmore Girls works. People just have secrets for about three, four episodes, and then it blows up. That's what that's what happens. And so she gets very mad and upset that he's got a kid, but she gets over it relatively quickly. And by get over it, I mean she says everything's fine and then just struggles with it silently for the rest of the season. Yeah. Luke, confusingly, has decided to 
keep Lorelai out of his and April's relationship for the time being. He postpones their wedding because he needs more time to figure out what his relationship with April is. But also is like, Lorelai, you just like can't be around when April's here. Like if April's coming over, as soon as there's a sock on the, the diner door and don't enter. <laughs> <laughs> like just I'm hanging out with my daughter. So she is like upset by this, but also not communicating any of that with him. And, and Luke doesn't give an explanation as for why he doesn't want Lorelai in April's life until like like a few episodes before the end of the season, like right at the end. And the whole explanation is just that you're so much better with kids. If I introduce you to her now, she's going to love you and not really have a relationship with me, which is sort of like, okay, maybe there's something you could argue there, this insecurity you have. You could have communicated that all to Lorelai, but you didn't. And you didn't communicate it to us, so you didn't seem insane. So she's upset about this all season, and she doesn't communicate this to Luke at all. She wears it on her face that she's upset, but Luke is, you, you guys all know, Luke is just has zero emotional intelligence. Luke is not a bad guy, but he just does not read subtext. You got to tell Luke how you feel. And so he just is oblivious to the fact that she's suffering so much with this being cut out of April and Luke's relationship, but also the postponement of the wedding. And so it finally blows up, and Lorelai gives Luke an ultimatum like, hey, we're going to get married right now. Or we're done. And Luke is like, what? Like, we're in the middle of the street. Like, I'm working right now. Like, I can't just say yes right this second. And then she's like, cool. Well, then F this relationship. And then she goes and sleeps with Christopher. And that's how the season ends. There's a couple other storylines going on. Lane is dating Zach. They break up because Zach sucks. And then he proposes to her. And she's like, great. And so they have a wedding. The wedding's nice. But that doesn't mean that Zach doesn't suck. Just means they have a nice wedding. Rory dates Logan this season, but then they break up because he got drunk one time and was mean. But then they get back together, but then they break up because he got drunk one time and stuff with a gaggle of bridesmaids. It happens. It happens. We've all been there. They were on a break, though. I'm doing quotations. They were on a break, so it's totally fine. But they get back together when Logan bravely sacrifices his bodily safety to get Rory to love him again. He jumps off a mountain while he's drunk and, like, almost dies. And then Rory's like, oh, no, I do love Logan. I don't know that that was his intention for jumping off the mountain. <laughs> nah, he was like, I gotta do this for us, boo. I was like, what are you talking about? No, he he did it on purpose. He went Logan's to Lorelai? Did he think she was gonna beat him up? So the whole season also has small things like Richard and Emily accepting Luke as Lorelai's concubine. And, like, trying to... Concubine. Trying to make things right between them by, like, buying her and Luke a house, which is all very sweet until it tragically ends because Lorelai gives Luke that ultimatum. There's also the running bit of Christopher being introduced into their lives throughout the season, only to lead up to this cheating thing at the very end. What am I missing? Jess shows up for a minute. Couple minutes, yeah. Pierce and Doyle broke up for a second. Did Sugi do anything? Not really. No. Great. All right, well, now we're going to... Count down our favorite moments of the season. I gotta say, other than my number one, I don't know that my rankings are, like, true. Yeah, this is tough. It was really easy for me to come up with moments, and then putting them in order was hard. And there's a lot of moments. I don't know. But we're gonna try. Yeah. You go first. What's your number five moment? So your least favorite of your top five. Oof, this is tough, because there are some great moments this season. Mm-hmm. And we'll do some honorable mentions, because you gotta... Okay, um, this is a little off the wall, but I really liked this scene, okay? Mm-hmm. It's going to be from Let Me Hear Your Baka Bala, ba, ba, Balakalas. What the fuck is this word? Balalaikas. 
Let me hear balalaikas ringing out. It's not what you think, though. It's the soccer girls. There's the scene where <laughs> right after soccer, Luke and Lorelai are like hiding in his truck, scared of the little soccer girls. It's just very funny. I really liked the scene a lot. This is on my list. Like, not on my list list, but it, it made my list of, all right, now I got to pick my list from these moments. It was one of those, like, throwaway scenes, right? Like, it didn't matter the plot. We're not coming back to this. But it was just, like, really finally acted, and it was just fun. I liked it. Yeah, very funny how violent these girls are. <laughs> and none of that mattered, though. I was, like, trying to figure out if, like, when the soccer thing was introduced, I didn't remember it. But I was like, maybe this ties into April. Maybe these are, like, April's friends later. There's a couple moments like that. I'll bring one up, too, with Luke. There, I'm like, was this setting something up for him to get a daughter? Right. I don't know. Do you think it was like to ease us into the idea of Luke? As a dad? Yeah. I don't know. I would say not. I don't know. Because they didn't really talk about it in that way in any way. So I don't think so. Well, my number five is Drunk Rory and Doyle. Oh, yeah. That's very fun. The whole scene was super funny. Mm-hmm. When he takes her coat. This is lovely. This is lovely. <laughs> and then when he asks her how her night is, she's like, it's really excellent. I don't know. There's just so many good lines. Drunk Rory was super funny. I thought she played it really well. Yeah. And him kissing her was kind of funny. I don't You had some like questions of Doyle's being a creep or not, but. I did. I don't think so. I think he loves Paris and was just confused. Yeah. That was a funny scene. It was a really funny scene. My next scene. Yeah. What's your number four? Is when Mrs. Kim takes a shot with her daughter. Oh, I didn't think of that one. It was just small, and I liked it. So if you remember, Lane has broken up with Zach, and she's really upset, and Mrs. Kim is, like, clocking that her daughter is really upset. So one night, she, like, closes all the windows and, like, goes out of her way to, like, hide the fact that they're going to do something. And then she takes out, like, a secret thing of alcohol. Sake, maybe? I don't know. I couldn't see what it was. And then pours her and her daughter two shots. And it was just, like, sweet because it's acknowledging that her daughter's in pain, but also, like... This is maybe a no-no to drink, but she's sort of like breaking her religious feelings to do this with her daughter. And obviously she's done it before. She has this. Yeah, under that tea cozy. Yeah, but it was just like this, I don't know, moment. Whenever Mrs. Kim like breaks out of her mold for something like this for her daughter, it's really sweet. I will say I think that Mrs. Kim being so accepting of Lane's life suddenly felt sudden. So what I would say is I agree with you. As far as like last season, when she has that, like, I'm going to make your tour work. Yes. That seemed very fast. But I don't have a problem. And I actually applaud the show. I'm being like, okay, well, Mrs. Kim, we had that like epiphany where she's like, well, maybe my daughter wants to do this and that's what she's going to do. And she's grown from that. She's not going to fall back like a sitcom and be like, nah, I'm against all your stuff. She's like, okay, well, I've accepted this part of your life now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, it differs from a sitcom in that way. I don't buy that she would know how to write a hit song for now. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, yeah, that was kind of very quick. But I don't have a problem with her accepting Lane now, like begrudgingly accepting her lifestyle. Yeah. What's your number four? The Paul Anka dream. Yeah, that was sweet. That was fun. I said sweet, but it was fun. It is just a really good open that they put a lot of energy into. Yeah. Super funny. Like every new reveal, you know it's going to be the opposite Paul Anka that you think. Mm-hmm. But him like in that little microphone. Yeah, or sitting at Bad lap. Yeah, it was just so funny, so cute. I love Paul Anka, just Paul Anka in general. Gets a shout out. He's such a good boy. The dog or the real Paul Anka? Both. <laughs> no, the dog. 
there's so many just like funny lines and moments with him throughout the season. She gets him this season, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great addition. Luke saving him was really sweet. Yes. That was a great scene. It's not on my list, but it's on my maybes. When Luke like shows up at the vet's door holding the dog. And he's like, listen, there's a million ways I can ruin my relationship with Lorelai, but it's not going to be because I killed a dog. Yeah. Because he doesn't like dogs at all. Like, he hates dogs. But he's going, he's like knocking on this dude's door at midnight to get this dog saved. I love that. Very close to making my list was that moment where Lorelai is like actually sad about Rory, but like Paul Anka's sick and she like stays up all night Mm -hmm. sitting in the chair while he like sleeps on Rory's bed because he really wanted to go into Rory's room. Yeah. For no reason. I don't know. I just thought the actors played that scene really well. Yeah. All right. What's your number three? This is tough. It's going to be driving Miss Gilmore. I mean, that's probably your number one, so I'm sorry to step on it, but... You're just the whole episode? No. Well, I want to say the whole episode. Emily's hilarious in this episode, but I think it's got to be when she's in the car and she says like, eh, Lorelai, stop being so dramatic. (laughs) It's so funny. There's also the scene when she's like, Lorelai, all of that is so funny. But the dramatic, I laughed out. I would have spit milk out my nose if I was drinking milk, which also would have been bad because I'm lactose intolerant. But it was so funny. Such a good joke. What is your number three? My number three is Lorelai and Rory reuniting. Oh, yeah. The prodigal daughter returns? Prodigal. The prodigal. What did I say? What's Prodigal? Right? You never say that word right. Prodigal. The prodigal girl. <laughs> the prodigal daughter returns. Did I say it right that time? Yeah. The prodigal daughter returns. Yes. That's the name of the episode. Um, yeah. That was just like really sweet. Kind of again, as you said, out of nowhere. Rory's just like, I'm going to change my life because Jess yelled at me. <laughs> I'm going to get a job that I'm never going to go back to. But all that needs to happen so I can have this beautiful scene where I hug my mom in the front lawn. Yeah. It did seem a little sudden. And like, Lorelai didn't have to cave at all. Rory just kind of admitted that she was wrong. Yeah, I mean, this season just seemed, as much as I love Gilmore Girls, and I still like this season quite a bit, it did seem there's a lot of writing shortcuts. Yeah. Where just like, and then this got resolved. Like, did we? Or like, And then this blew up. Did it blow up? Like, we barely built up to that. Like, did Lorelai do anything to fix that? I mean, I, I guess she was just right. Her parents were wrong. Yeah. I don't think Lorelai, we talked about this. I don't think Lorelai really handled Rory telling her that she was going to drop out of Yale very well. No. I do think Rory was wrong, but like, I don't think yeah. that Lorelai was blameless. She could have handled that better or reached out to Rory after their fight to talk yeah. about it. I guess we're just to believe that like Lorelai knew it was best for Rory and she knew her daughter would come around eventually. And she did. Yeah, but I mean, that's sort of how Emily is, and Lorelai hates that about Emily, so. But does Emily know what's best for Lorelai? I'm not, no, I don't think so. Well, maybe, I don't know. She's with fucking Christopher now, so. But this moment where they hugged in the front yard was really sweet. It was, yeah. What's your number two? Friday night's all right for fighting. The whole fight scene was great. Really fun. Yeah. That's probably your number one, maybe. I don't know. That that whole scene was really my uh, my top two are kind of complicated. <laughs> I think I know what you're. No- I think I know which one is when you're top two. Uh, but yeah, that scene was just really fun. Great edits. Just like the writing was well done. The cinematography was well done. I loved it. It was really really fun. What was your favorite part? Because I was like, if I'm going to say that, I probably should pick my favorite part. The favorite part is when they're laughing at Emily's yeah story. That's the best part. Yeah, I agree. Because they, like, break out of the fight with this little right. moment of levity. And then Richard being like, tell him about the weight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, so my number two is a bit pronged. Oh, wow. But it is 
driving Miss Gilmore. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Specifically, Lorelai, up. Like, we've said that, like, yeah. every day since we've watched that. And by we, Stacy just does that constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but then you pull me up. Yeah. I go by Lorelai now, too, so. <laughs> but also, also, I really like the scene where Emily says they're buying her a house. Yeah. It's just like this, yeah, I've been like such a bitch to you about Luke. Made it very clear I don't like Luke, but here I am accepting that you're marrying Luke and I listen to you and know what your interests are despite you speaking in constant pop culture references that I don't understand. I've put together what kind of house you may want. I recognize your needs. Here's this thing, this grand gesture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Emily's love language is definitely not... I'm going to tell you I love you. <laughs> like, Yeah. Everything she says is like criticism in some way. But this is like how Emily can tell someone she loves them. And it's just sweet because she can't really see Lorelai, but Lorelai's emotional. And I do yeah. hate how this ends because it's unclear what Lorelai means when she says the wedding's not happening. Yeah. I think we're to believe that she just thinks Luke isn't ever going to go through with it in this moment. When that episode ends, it's like, oh, shoot. Is she going to call it off? Which she kind of ultimately does, but she gave him a chance. So I think in that moment, she's just like, yeah, Luke's never going to want to. But Emily's there for her. And then she checks in with her in the next episode. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's just like really great yeah. Emily stuff. Do you have any honorable mentions before we get to our number ones? Um, Yeah. Mrs. Kim at the wedding telling her daughter, like, I'm going to go to bed with my earplugs in so you can do all the stuff that I don't like because I love you and I want you to, to have a good wedding. The last part's not said, but like implied. I have that, too. Specifically her thanking Lane, too, for, like, doing two different weddings for her. Mm -hmm. And I did love the reveal that Mrs. Kim is also hiding her secret life from her mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, Richard bringing the dollhouse over to Lorelai's house. That was somewhere on my list for sure, too, yeah. Even though that is revealed to be bad? Well, yeah, it's it's sort of, like, undercut. I think that it's still beautiful, but it is undercut by what happens in the next episode. Yeah. Because we find out that Richard is still not, like, agreeing that Lorelai was right about everything. He's just like, this is what we got to do. But that moment was sweet when he drops mm-hmm. off the dollhouse. When he, like, goes against Emily and shows up to... He knows Lorelai loves this dollhouse. How important it is to her. Yeah. And then also, as much as this storyline is just thrown away immediately, watching Rory, like, badger that poor news editor so that she can get a job is also cool. I liked that. I wish that had amounted to something. Yeah. Maybe that could have been rewritten so that, like, that was somehow her campaigning for the Yale Daily News editorship. But then she would have had to go back to school first. And I feel like that would have been a weird order with her, like, telling Lorelai she was going back. And then uh, I guess my last one is it's maybe two. It's Brian making up, uh, making out with Keon. Just like more of that, please. Can we just have a spinoff with them? Ooh, I didn't have this, but Gil singing Hollaback Girl was great. Yes. Also, just Gil is great. Just every scene with him. I love how he's all like, I want to bang my wife. And they're always kind of like, whatever, Gil. It's like he's in a great relationship. They're still making love. <laughs> like, just let him be happy. And the second part of your Brian thing? Was just, just everything with Gil. Like, okay. I just love Gil. He's so fun. <laughs> just like every line he has is funny. He's got a great relationship with his wife. Um, other honorable mentions I had were the magic to do dance. God, yes. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> um... Lane's reaction to Zach proposing, even though Zach sucks. Her, like, not remembering how to waitress afterwards was very funny. Yeah, it was. Just being in a daze. Um, And then also, Paris and Doyle's shitty apartment 
and like everything they have to do to maintain yeah. that. It's just like a really funny running joke all season. And then like their Krav Maga practice. You loved Krav Maga. Yeah, it was funny. A couple other ones were Kirk in that terrible house. <laughs> that was <laughs> very funny. A ton of jokes. Yeah, just falling it down around them. Um, I liked Luke at the science fair when he was like realizing he had a daughter. Yeah. And it was just like coming over him. All right, Brian, what's your number one moment from season six of Gilmore Girls? So it's hard. It's kind of complicated in that I just want it's just like all of we've got magic to do, specifically all of the DAR meeting, like Richard finding out that Mitchum did say those things. Emily tearing into Shira. It was just beautiful. Richard like exploding, like Richard trying to be a reasonable businessman. Like, oh, what was the, you know, miscommunication, Mitch? And we're two guys. I'm sure you said something to my daughter and she misunderstood. And him finding out that it was all true, like him getting so upset, like you crushed that girl. That was beautiful. Loved it. But then Emily just like dripping with venom while she like sweetly tells Shira that she like knows about Mitchum cheating on her and how Rory's awesome. Like oh, while appearing great. pleasant to yeah. the people not listening. Totally. Yes, this was my number one as well. Specifically, I labeled it as the end of that episode, like the Mitchum and Richard thing in the bathroom, Emily mm-hmm. telling Shira what's up. But then I also grouped in the recap from Friday Night's All Right for Friday. That's cheating. That's cheating. The recap? Yeah, when they're drunkenly telling Rory. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not the same moment. No, it's a different moment. <laughs> <laughs> but we're just talking about moments. <laughs> Why you got to put numbers on them, Brian and Stacey? You made me put numbers on <laughs> I couldn't choose. Yeah, all that was delicious. They're actually not directed by the same person, but I feel like the end of We've Got Magic to Do has very similar vibes to the end of Wedding Bell Blues in season five. Mm -hmm. Just this like at a party drama all coming out. It's kind of shot similarly where we're like moving around this big room. Yeah. So good. Emily and Richard, they're wonderful. They're evil. They're bad. They're wonderful. (laughs) It's, It's nice. Like they have very specific expectations of these women, but ultimately, they'll defend them. It's sort of nice to have characters who love language isn't, like, spoken at all. No one's love language is saying I love you. Luke and Lorelai have said it, like, one time each. Yeah. Not in the same conversation. Not to each other, but... (laughs) (laughs) But it's sort of fun seeing, like, a character who, like, doesn't express love expressing it somehow differently. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we've talked about all of our favorite moments. I think it's time we just, we'll just talk about one moment we didn't like. What's our least favorite moment of this season? Do you have one? What's yours? I mean, Lorelai's fight with Luke. I was pissed this whole time. Mm. Lorelai goes to Luke and it's like, we need to elope right now. And he's all like, well, what? Like, she's already distraught. She's, like, freaking out. It would be kind of weird to be like, oh, yeah, you seem like in an emotional state to get married. Like, yeah, this seems like fine. It's totally fine for Luke to be like, okay, let's talk a little bit about this. Like, you're giving me an ultimatum, and we've been dating for a long time, and we clearly love each other, and I've shown you countless times that I love you. Like, can we talk a little bit? But she says to him, after he wants to talk, she's like, all we've been doing is talking. And I'm like, girl, you are lying. You have not talked to him about this at all. Yeah, that was a weird line. All we've been doing is talking. Like, you have not talked to Luke. And listen, listen, listen. Let's just be honest. You know Luke is not good with emotions at all. He's not good at picking up on subtle things. You got to speak to Luke very clearly. This is how I feel. This is what I want. That is clearly one of Luke's downfalls is his emotional ineptitude. So you can't blame Luke for not picking up the things that you've been like being very obvious about, like ruining Anna's bag. 
So for her to say, like, we've been talking, it's just like, it's just bad writing. Like, you haven't. And it's crazy to give him this ultimatum when you've been dating all this time and then just be like, well, okay, he said, no, I'm going to go fuck Chris now. Yeah, I hated that moment. And it's kind of grouping two moments, but I mean, I felt like it was bad writing. It makes Lorelai look bad, and it's it's unfair. Like, not that Luke is in the right 100%. Like, his stuff with April is also, like, ambiguously weird. Like, why are you not letting Lorelai into any of this? And, like, maybe try to pick up on what your fiancé is telling you, like you told TJ in the previous episode. That's on Luke. But, like, this ultimatum is on Lorelai, and you can't blame Luke for what ended up happening with her and Christopher. I was also thinking, this is not a very romantic way to get married, if he had said yes, because she, like, begged him to. Yeah. There's also things, she's like, then you can move in with me and we can start our life. You could do that without being married. Yeah, it's weird that he didn't just move in after the house got built. Like, they're not Christian. Yeah, I get maybe not having a kid. That that shouldn't matter to me, but, like, if you want to be married before you have a kid, okay, but you could wait on that, but move in. Yeah. But I do think that Luke should have approached his relationship with April as a unit with Lorelai. Sure. He kind of explained that, you know, he wanted April to like him first. But, like, he's going to marry Lorelai. He's already agreed to that. Like, that's who he is. He's a man that's wed to a woman named Lorelai. That's part of who he is. Like, yeah. why make that a separate piece of him? I know he's, like, trying to make up for lost time. But, I mean, I think that was, like, mistake number one. But also, I feel like he could have been, like, married to Lorelai. Hey, this is me and Lorelai. But also t- then told Lorelai, like, hey, I do want to have some alone time with my daughter. And I think Lorelai would be, like, totally fine with that. Yeah. Be like, yeah, there's time when we're together and you're hanging out, but also I want to do some stuff with her just as her dad. Yeah. But neither of these characters speak to each other about anything they're feeling or wanting because the writers decided they don't. I was thinking about how the season finale is bookended by Lorelai sleeping while children are noisy in the background. Sure. I wonder if that somehow means, like, she wants kids, like... I mean, she says as much. Yeah, she does. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like reinforcing that idea because she's sort of like sad in both of those where these like children are happily running around in the background. Hmm. I hadn't thought of that. And she's like, that's not me. I just thought of that the other day. No big deal. Well, do you want to know my least favorite moment? Which I probably do. is actually your least favorite moment. Zach's meltdown at the concert. I would say that this would be my, it's on my list here. Uh, it's just like, I believe it. Zach sucks so much. <laughs> You believe it? You believe that that's my least favorite moment? No, I mean, I believe that Zach would do this bullshit. Oh, like, the sure. other moments, like, with Luke and Lorelai, I was like, the writing here is just not up to par. But this Zach moment, I was like, yeah, this piece of shit would probably pull this kind of stunt. I almost said Logan and Jess's, like, fight. Not their mm-hmm. fight, but, like, the fight with Logan and Rory that ensued. It just felt, like, too much. Mm-hmm. I agree. It just felt like they pushed Logan too far. I get that they had to break up, but, like, I don't know. It just seemed, like, too mean for him. Oh, I totally agree. I wouldn't have had a problem. They've set up that he gets jealous with Rory. And I I could have seen him being like a little bit of a dick, mostly just like flexing as opposed to like actually condescending to Jess. Yeah. Because it's one thing to like flex, like I have a lot of money and I'm smart and put together. And it's another thing, though, to be like, oh, do you understand the book titles I'm talking about, Jesse boy? Like that's that's different. He was like straight up belittling him. Yeah. Because people will be like, how can you like Logan after that? I'm like. I hear you, but I think that that was bad writing. I think they pushed it too far. I don't believe that that character is like that normally. Totally. Again, flexing. I could see him doing that. Yes. Being arrogant. I I like that Jess doesn't like him. I like them pushing it to a point where Jess is like, this guy's an asshole. Yeah. But he was just like too mean. He knows how to like schmooze people. Yeah. And he's just like from the get 
I mean, it is weird that they like. Yeah, he Jess catches him like about to go on a date. What's happening? But it's yeah, it was too much. I think it was bad writing there. I think they long. also set up that he was like having a hard time with his family yeah. in that moment. So he was drunk, but they could have pushed him being drunk further too. I don't think he was like he didn't seem drunk when he was at the meanest. Yeah, make him super drunk, then that kind of justifies it a bit more. So where do you stand on Logan now? I'm fine with Logan. Um, you were very anti-Logan when he showed up. I, and I knew that the show was going to try to rehabilitate him, right? I mean, that's just how the show is with the, all of their love interests until they decide that they're done with them. I do think that Logan is, like, very privileged to the point where it bothers me that the show doesn't address it more. Like, they're kind of like, oh, my privilege is a burden. I'm like, okay, whatever, buddy. And he solves a lot of his problems with money. But, like, the show has clearly been like, he loves Rory, though. That's not fake. He really cares about Rory. So, I mean, I like him enough. If she ends up with Logan, that's totally fine. You know, the show is about money versus that not being the most important thing, really. Like, that's Lorelai's reason for leaving. It, her reason for leaving isn't money, but she, like, leaves this life of privilege to live the kind of life she wants. So it, it makes sense that it, they would introduce a love interest that comes from that. Well, I would agree with you, except that they don't really pursue that. They don't really, like dive into that other than like well he's he's gotta go be rich somewhere and do a hard job like okay can we like dive into like the other problems of the of someone being wealthy other than like the family sucks what do you mean like rory calling him on his privilege she did it once when they had that bar fight sure and he was like you are too if she ends up with logan that's fine but i i do feel like jess and rory had this like connection that was like the creative part of their brains. Again, just a lot of stuff. The show rehabilitated him. Logan and Rory's relationship, it's almost just like, yeah, he's very attractive and charming, and Rory's very attractive and charming, so they're together. Where I'm like, I would love them to like have this intellectual connection, which the show sort of tells us they have, but like we don't really see it. I don't feel it. They're like, no, Logan's smart, and like sometimes he references like journalists, and Rory gets it. We kind of joked about this, though. Jess just kind of shows up and he's like, hey, I'm redeemed, <laughs> you know? Totally. Yeah. Not earned at all. Um, also didn't love Luke getting shipped off to nature in the Magic to Do episode. <laughs> like, yeah. So I said that most of the episode was great. That was stupid. Because <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe maybe this somehow ties into like him needing his own thing. Because this was pre-April and I knew April was coming. Yeah. So I was like, maybe that's just trying to like prime us for that you know what i mean mm -hmm. but i don't know that they really made that connection so it just felt like sort of a random thing then yeah i, I think they were just like let's put some luke lorelei drama in here that at the end of the day means nothing yeah okay extra 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 honorable mention moment that i liked yeah lorelei's super sad uh after seeing rory again but they're not put together and she's driving home with Luke. And early in this episode, she had, like, told Luke about this super over-the-top, like, stupid little, like, Halloween sketch she wanted to do with him. It was so much. And Luke's like, I don't want to do any of that at all. But then on the way home, he just, like, kind of turns to her. And he's like, you know, we can do that sketch. You can pull, you can pull sausage, sausage out of me. Sausage out of me. <laughs> it was just really nice because that was one of the few times that Luke's like, I am registering that my partner is very sad. And I want to fix that. And here's something I can do. That was it was like a his love language, which is like I'm gonna do a thing that I don't like to do that I is not I'm not comfortable with, and I want to roll my eyes at, and I think it's stupid, but it's gonna make you happy, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Okay, so I think I know the answer to this, but what is your favorite episode of Gilmore Girls season six? Yes, I think we have the same answer. Yeah, we do for sure. We've got magic to do. 
That's the one. There were other good ones. Prodigal Daughter Returns. Lane's Wedding was good. Driving Miss Gilmore was weirdly really good. Yep. But yeah, we've got magic to do. The only not great thing in that episode was the Luke and Lorelai fight about him having to go camping by himself. But it was so inconsequential that it's like, who even cares? Like, it didn't ruin the episode. Didn't matter. <laughs> and I liked the fight. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was, they handled it well. Yeah. But yeah, the magic to do dance was so funny. Mm. Oh, my God. Paris was great in that episode. Like, being caught up in her own, like, Paris, I'm poor now shit. How do I deal yeah. with that? But, like, still helping Rory with her little midget meltdown. Yeah. And then Richard's talk with Mitchum is just great. Mm-hmm. Emily yelling at Shira, we talked about it. It's just cool. It looks cool. Like the theme of the party was just really fun. It was. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I'm just going to say the same thing back. Probably the best episode of the season for sure. Friday Night's All Right for Fighting is good too. But yeah. most of the goodness in that episode is like the last 10 minutes. I just remember this episode like every moment except for the Luke stuff being like, oh, this is oh, more of this, please. Well, Brian, do you have any predictions for season seven of Gilmore Girls? I do. I think Rory and Lorelai are going to have like a fight a little bit about her sleeping with Christopher. But I think Rory at some point is going to be like, well, who am I to talk? She's going to like acknowledge that she has done some sexual cheating mistakes before, too. Uh, I think Lorelai and Luke will break up. I can't imagine that they won't. I, I think she'll tell him about Christopher because they've already set up that she can't lie about Christopher. I don't think they'll redo that. I think she'll tell him and I think they'll break up. I don't know whether or not Emily set all this stuff up with Christopher. It seemed like she was being very genuine in the last episodes, like accepting Luke and stuff. But it's, I don't know, man. Emily's character, they've set her up to be this master manipulator. I wouldn't be like completely surprised if we found out that she like invited Christopher over and like the whole having another woman there was all like fake. Not fake, like the woman thought it was real. But all of that dialogue was fake to make Lorelai jealous because she knows things are bad with Luke. Like she asked her, like, no Luke. Almost like she was expecting no Luke. And like this was all to make Lorelai jealous and so that she would go back to Christopher. That's not how the scene's played, but I wouldn't be like completely surprised if we found out later that like, oh, that was my plan all along. Wahahaha. Because <laughs> Emily's evil. Uh, I think Rory and Logan will struggle with their long-distance relationship. I, I suspect they'll stay together, but I think they're going to struggle this season. Uh, I'm going to guess that Richard ends up in the hospital again. I just Since this is like the last season, and they did that in the first season, and he's old, it's just like a common thing that they could do. Uh, I don't know that he'll die. If he does, it'll be at the very end of the show, but I don't think they'll kill him. But I, I think there'll be another health scare. I don't know what's going to happen with Lorelai and Christopher. I would guess that Christopher's going to want more of a relationship than Lorelai does. And that maybe he'll, like, make more of it than it was. I don't know, though. I think if she ends up with Christopher, it'll be, like, reluctantly. Like, I kind of painted myself in this corner, and she's going to be unhappy with him. I don't know if that'll happen. Uh, I think Lane and Zach will start having sex. and Just because uh, they're married? You think they might yeah. try it? I think Lane's band will probably do well, right? It's the last season, so I assume that's going to take off. They'll get a record deal at the end, and Zach won't fuck it up. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they did do, like, a little romance with Anna and Luke. And that's one of the obstacles the writers put up so that Lorelai can't get back together with Luke. We could find out that April is just actually a ball of energy that was implanted in everyone's memories by some monks. That's why she just appeared suddenly last season. That's a Buffy reference if you skip that part. I think Rory will graduate. She'll end up with Logan and then she'll be a journalist with him or something like that. With that sounds, him? Yeah. Yeah. They'll be a journalist duo. I think that Shira will come back as like a villain this season. Logan's mom? 
Yeah, because they like set her up as a sort of villain, and then like we're kind of done with her. And they've kind of made Mitch him out to be like he's an asshole jerk, but like isn't necessarily a cartoon villain. So the show's gonna need that villain, and I think they're gonna use Shira. That would be the most obvious one to use, or that his grandpa too. Uh, and also, I think Suki's gonna have another kid. Only because during the vasectomy scene, you were like, this comes back later. I mean, whatever. So I think they're going to have another child. I don't think those are my exact words. Uh, I don't remember. That's that's my <laughs> perfect impression of you. Do you have any predictions for season six? <laughs> no. I'd love to hear them. Any last thoughts on season six of Gilmore Girls? No, I didn't hate it. I do think, okay, I did really hate Lorelai not communicating with Luke about what she actually needs and wants from him. Also, I hated the Luke, like, I'm not going to tell you why I don't want you to be with April and you're not allowed to be. There are just so many simple solutions to these problems that it seems just like bad writing that the writers are like, and there's turmoil on that because there is. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Because our characters don't talk. Like, what? But there were still a lot of enjoyable moments and like each episode was still like fun to watch individually. But then when you put it all together overall, it's like, well, this could have been avoided. It's almost the opposite of Buffy. Yes. Where each individual episode is like, oh, that was really fun. But then when you put it all together, like you said, it's sort of like, oh, it doesn't really add up completely. Where Buffy, like, some of the individual episodes are not that great. But when you put it all together, it's like, oh, that's cool. I see what this meant. But we'll get into that. First, we've got to do a little something else. And now for a special segment we like to call Meanwhile Uncharmed. Charmed was another popular WB show airing around the same time that neither of us have seen. But we've been discussing it anyway. Based only on its IMDb summaries. That's right. And now we're going to recap what we think happened on Season 6 of Charmed. Take it away, Stacey. Meanwhile, on Charmed Season 6, Piper and Leo are having relationship struggles, mostly due to Leo becoming an elder dog and them not knowing how to handle that. He alters Piper's memories and tries to hide in a little cave to get some alone time to think. But then Piper gets confused and gets tricked into joining the Warriors of Valhalla. Using Phoebe's newly discovered empathic powers, they go looking for Piper and Leo and convince them to come home. Piper and Leo decide to have a vow renewal, and you made me say that. that you, I know. You definitely, I ooh, it was such a struggle. One of us had to because you set up that they had one, but then I was like, well, he's going to say the line. Here we go. <laughs> it's an impossible to say. You said it one try. I know. But when Piper gets cold feet, her sisters conjure Mr. Wright, who actually isn't so great, just to show her how great she has it with Leo. And despite the fact that she sees Leo has dug her up some flowers from the neighbors, either Tom Hanks or Robert De Niro's yard, she's still not entirely convinced. Chris really takes an interest in making sure their relationship stays solid, but it isn't until they're accidentally sent to another plane of existence by a dumb dark lighter noob. <laughs> Is that what we said? No, I made that up, but that was kind of what we described it as. That they actually work out all of their problems. Yes, they get to relive the early stages of their relationship, but in opposite bodies. So they really learn a lot about each other, like why Leo likes licking his junk so much and where he likes to be pet. Phoebe struggles a bit this season as well. As we touched on, she becomes empathic, being able to feel other people's emotions within a mile radius. That happened in like the first episode. We never addressed it again. I wonder if we... Does she still have those powers? We didn't ever talk about it again, but like, I'm assuming maybe they didn't go away. But Leo helps her deal with this by teaching her to wag her little butt. This is stuff that we said into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she briefly inherits a powerful sword from the Lady of the Lake, but she doesn't really know what to do with it, so they just bolt it to the wall. Now no one keeps the lake. Okay. <laughs> That's not like we didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> I don't know where the truth begins and ends anymore. 
While trapped in an alternate reality, she confides in Prue that she misses Cole, but is ready to start looking for love. Prue was back for an episode? A couple, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. She was in an alternate reality. She hangs out in paintings. Right. That's one of the very few things I remember. <laughs> and after solving a headless horseman incident, Phoebe decides to take the job of headmaster at the local magic school, a thing the Charmed One somehow didn't even realize existed until this season. Can't wait to see that poetic goth kid back in another episode like we, we promised. I don't... I forgot about that goth kid. I hope, yeah, I hope he comes back. I did as well. He said he'd be back in another episode, and so far... Has not. Probably because the writers forgot about him. The writers, not us. Mm-hmm. Paige splits her time working at a Taco Bell owned by the Demon Zahn and a Jurassic Park owned by Larry, a man who sold his soul to the devil to impress his wife, Petunia Sue. But when Paige convinces Larry to break the deal, all the dinosaurs get out. One of them eats Larry. The sisters kill the rest except for one pterodactyl that they keep which Chris just loves. Also, pterodactyls, not dinosaurs. I probably said that on the podcast. Yeah, that's why I added that Chris probably loves it, because it's a bird? I think it's like a lizard, but it's just not technically not a dinosaur. Who cares? No one cares. Yeah, then maybe Chris doesn't love it, and maybe you're more obsessed with birds and dinosaurs than Chris yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. After being transported by trying on a pair of Graham's fucking cute boots, Paige also spent some time in the 80s, basically the 60s for witches, a time of free love and drugs and sex and magic. This new appreciation for magic and drug-fueled confidence convinces her she should try to become head Wiccan, whatever that means. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't really dive into that. Yeah. Paige enjoys a bit of romance herself. She dabbles in Richard Montana, a.k.a. Dick Mountain, a very hot man who loves sleeping with witches. Dick Mountain. But she stops seeing him because of a dead lover fiasco and his terrible breath, but ends up becoming his girlfriend later, even narrating a whole episode Dawn style by writing in her diary how great it is to be dating Dick Mountain. However, she's also in love with Daryl, the formerly invisible boy that was in the show before she was, that they rescued years ago from a Grimlock, who's now a fully visible, fully grown beast with the body of a penguin, head of a porcupine, tail of an ankylosaurus, and kitten paws, who they rediscovered during a huge porch stomp fight with a bunch of manticores. Right, obviously, right. I'm so glad we didn't forget about that character. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Uh, Paige also pulls out all the stops to save Daryl from going to jail for murder. You see, he confessed to a crime he didn't commit in order to stop the sisters from getting into trouble with the cleaners. Those pesky cleaners certainly have their eye on the family, as this wasn't the only time the sisters got into trouble with them this season. That's right. After Wyatt conjured a dragon, they tried to clean Wyatt, and a huge musical fight number ensued, like in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm Uh sure that's what we compared it to. I think you did, actually. Okay. The sisters managed to win, despite those cleaners being very good with their dad garage brooms, which you were very against. But that's not all the sisters got up to this season. God, they they did more shit? Okay, yes. Um, Phoebe was briefly turned into a genie. One episode, my favorite, was basically <laughs> band candy where the sisters' former classmates took on their high school personalities. The sisters unknowingly ended up on a reality show called Wish Wars where they ultimately tricked host Pat Sajak into becoming the next contestant. Three evil blonde sisters stole their identities, only relinquishing their identities and powers after losing a bird question-themed game show hosted by none other than Chris, where they guessed his favorite bird was a goose, when it's obviously the falcon. In fact, a lot of the season revolved around bird-obsessed Chris, who seemed to be around a lot. Leah was very suspicious of this, even suspecting that Chris might be trying to date these women, including his wife, Piper. 
But then, of course, we got that big mid-season reveal that Chris was just there to eat birds. He can't stop beating them. He's been cursed by an evil dark lighter and has already eaten all the birds in the future and is back in time to eat more. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> he did lose some respect for birds after that spider demon fiasco where he got turned into a spider and a bunch of birds tried to murder him. What do you mean lose respect for the bird? He's been eating them. I think he started to fear them. But okay. also, like, he's going to eat birds, but he's going to be mad when they want to eat. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what now? Okay, Chris. Chris is maybe a little bit of a hypocrite there. He later faces his fear of birds by dressing up like a giant bird, building a nest on the roof of the mansion, and vanquishing a bunch of demons. But the season ends with the sisters encountering Gideon, a bad warlock misogynist asshole with his own men's rights internet video page. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, we did this recently and I don't remember <laughs> Who traps Chris and Leo in an evil mirror dimension. Because he thinks the women will be less powerful without these men around. After Phoebe and Paige rescue the men from the mirror dimension, they all return home to find Andy has climbed inside of Piper's vagina and has helped Wait, her push uh, out uh, newborn baby uh, oh, Chris. We said that. I said he climbed inside to help her push. <laughs> I reminded you that he lived in a cupboard or something. You said he yep. lives in a vagina now. So that's canon. He lives... In there now? I said that? You said that. Okay. Guys, sometimes it's early. Yeah. I'm not awake yet, and it's time to tell you what we think happened on John. <laughs> Turns out Chris is actually Piper and Leo's son, back not only to eat birds, but to try and save his parents' relationship to make sure he grows up good or something. Yeah, in retrospect, that's what it seemed like he was there to do. We we did say it was birds. I think it was maybe revealed mid-season that he was the son, but that's not what we said. And it doesn't mean we're wrong. I would I would venture to guess that that's also probably what happens in the show. What we said or? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, taking in all the context we now have, I bet he was there to save his parents' relationship. Yeah, but he knew the best way to do that was by eating birds. <laughs> Maybe that was just a lie he told to like uh, cover up the fact that he was their son. Yes. Yeah, he had to eat a lot of birds to convince them, though. <laughs> he didn't <laughs> feel good about like, it. God, I don't want to eat another goddamn goose. So, what do you think? Do you think it's a good season, a bad season? I would say it's the most ambitious season so far, and oh, it didn't time. involve a ton of fairy tale mermaid shit. So, I'm excited that that didn't happen. Yeah, a lot of bird stuff. But I'm pro bird. Yeah. Well, this is Ben. Meanwhile, on Charmed. All right, Stacey, can you please tell us everything, everything that happened on season six of Buffy? Sure. So, it opens with Willow being like super powerful they're like fighting vampires in the graveyard and she's like commanding them telepathically from on top of a crypt or something buffy bots helping them fight everybody misses buffy and then we find out they've got a secret plan to bring buffy back from the dead which they do but she comes back kind of not great she seems very out of it for like an episode or two and we eventually find out that's because she was in heaven and it was wonderful and being here is very very bad and she doesn't want to be here She's she's not really grateful for being brought back, but she like doesn't know how to tell them that. So there's a lot of tension for like the first third of the season. Yeah. Because they're like, what's wrong with Buffy? Willow especially is like, I'm great. I'm the best. Why doesn't Buffy think so? Xander and Anya are wedding planning all season, but Xander seems hesitant. Not sure why. He proposed. They eventually get to their wedding day, but Xander bails because a man from the future, who's not actually a man from the future, he's a former client of Anya's, who's upset, has come to ruin her wedding day, and it works. 
Xander realizes he's a he's a bad, bad man and he isn't ready to commit, but he still loves her and wants to be with her, just not in a marriage way. I don't know. That was kind of a bummer. Yeah. Tara and Willow are doing great until they have one little fight and her mom got scared. And <laughs> 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 the lyrics to Fresh Prince. Okay, I was like, who's Ma? <laughs> they have one little fight and Willow puts a little bedtime spell on Tara where she forgets that they had a fight. Tara finds out and understandably thinks this isn't cool. So she's like, hey, Willow, let's not do that again. Willow does it again immediately. Everyone forgets everything temporarily, but Tara comes to and realizes she just cannot trust this woman. So she ends it with her. Michelle Branch sings. It's very sad. Whew, there's a lot going on. Yeah. This sends Willow into a drug slash magic downward spiral where she remembers Amy or the rat is around. She probably could have revived her months ago, but she brings her back to human. They become besties and just go out doing hard magic every night. Hard magic. It's very, um, very much drugs, but it's magic. Eventually, everyone's like, Willow, you need to stop this. And Willow stops it. She wants to get Tara back. She realizes that this was not a way to be. So she's fine for a while. Buffy is having financial struggles. While she was in the grave, her friends lived in her house. They spent all her money. Oh, my God. Not like unresponsibly, just like, I don't know. Joyce's hospital costs money and stuff, and there's not any left. So she's got to figure out what to do. She's trying to work jobs. She works at a fast food place. Giles gives her some money at some point. Giles is like, hey, Buffy, you're not doing great. I'm going to go back to England. So she's struggling emotionally and financially. Her daddy left. So then she turns to Spike. (laughs) They have a really complex relationship where she is just kind of having sex with him to feel something. And it isn't really love, even though he loves her. Although it seems like she does kind of develop feelings for him over time, but their relationship is tied up in violence, especially when Spike realizes that he can hurt her. No real explanation for that. Something in her... I mean, there is an explanation. Something in her DNA got messed up when she came back from the dead that his chip doesn't read. So he sees her as a not regular human, I guess. Yeah. Science. Science. After a visit from Riley, she realizes she's using Spike... So she breaks things off with him, which he doesn't handle well, to put it mildly. He eventually leaves town to go to Africa to do some trials, and the season ends with him getting his soul back. Dawn's upset the whole season that Buffy would rather be dead than hang out with her, basically, which is maybe true. I don't know. Buffy's really just trying to keep herself alive financially and emotionally. But admittedly, she probably isn't being great to Dawn. What am I missing? Oh, and there's the big bad is like the these three dudes that used to be nerds, but now they're <laughs> trying to take over Sunnydale. Oh, yeah. Who are the bad guys in the whole <laughs> season? What did I forget? Oh, yeah. It's Warren, the bot builder, Jonathan, who I guess is a magician now, a warlock. Is he a warlock? Are we calling him a warlock? And Andrew, this other guy who was the brother of somebody we heard about one time. <laughs> we also <laughs> had an episode about... They all team up to try to get a bunch of money and, like, take down Buffy so that they can take over Sunnydale. They're just kind of there causing trouble the whole time. But in the end, Warren's ego gets the best of him, and he kind of ditches the other guys, and he shoots Buffy, accidentally also shoots Tara. Buffy's fine because Willow, I guess, saves her. Maybe she would have been fine if the doctors did it. We don't know. But Tara's death sends Willow into just a huge downward spiral. She's back on the magics in a bad, bad way. She goes full evil, dark Willow. 
and her goal is to kill the trio. She kills Warren, which that was fine. But then she wants to kill Jonathan Andrew, who you could argue are a lot more innocent in the situation. Her friends are trying to stop her before she just becomes a straight up cold blooded killer. And eventually Giles shows back up with some borrowed magic from England to try to stop her, which kind of works. But then she just steals all that power, becomes even more powerful. But then Xander reasons with her because they're besties and he reminds her of that. And she's like, oh my God, you're right. This is crazy what I'm doing. I'm going to stop. And then Buffy and Dawn have like a moment of reconciliation where Buffy realizes she's been not great. And she like does love Sunnydale and wants to live and be best friends with Dawn. Did I miss anything? Anya's a demon again. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't miss anything. Okay. <laughs> Anya's a demon again. <laughs> oh, and all of it might be fake. It might all just be in Buffy's head. <laughs> yeah. We don't know. So like we did with Gilmore, we both come up with our top five moments for the season of Buffy. Stacey, what's your number five top moment? I just want to say I don't stand by the order of these very hard. Okay. I didn't have too hard of a time choosing like six or seven moments, but then I had a really hard time putting them in order. Yeah, I hear I'd you. say my top four are pretty much a tie. Um, number five is Giles and Anya cleaning in Tabula Rasa after they oh, yeah. kiss and feel uncomfortable after they come to and realize they weren't a couple. Yeah. The Giles and Spike stuff in that episode was really funny too. It was a funny episode, but the Giles and Anya part was probably the funniest and that moment especially. Yeah, it was very funny. What's your number five? Uh, Spike and Buffy, rough sex. Well, hold on. I have a lot of complicated thoughts about the Buffy and Spike relationship. And if you ship them, that's awesome. But that scene where they finally have sex, where they're like fighting, it becomes sex, and then like the building crashes down on them. I mean, it's hot, man. Yeah. That's specifically not just like all of their sex. No, 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 no. Not like, oh, I just loved every time they say it. But like that scene was just like, uh, yeah, this is like, we're mad. And like, okay, now it's sex. <laughs> like, uh, that was all hot. And just like also like symbolic of everything's fault, like their whole lives, quote unquote, like falling apart around them. So yeah, I liked that. I thought that was, that was, that was good. As much as I have other issues, which I've talked about to the point where I don't need to talk about them anymore. I, I thought that was good. What is your number four? In the musical episode when Giles and Tara sing together mm. about how they can't stay with their women. Yeah. They're just, they're the best singers in that episode and that was a really cool song. You really felt Giles' emotion especially. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I like that the, their two songs came together. That was really nice. Yeah. What's your number four? Um, I, I, I feel like you do where I'm sort of like, oh, I don't know which of these I want to say here. Uh, these are all like, okay, uh. He hasn't come up with this oof. yet. No, I'm, <laughs> I think Tara appearing back at Willow's, uh, Willow's house. Jesus Christ. Uh, she treats it like at her house. Back in Willow's bedroom and she's all like, hey, we can't just go out for coffee and start like being a couple again. Like, you know, bad stuff happened. We need to build trust, blah, blah, blah. It's going to take a long time. But like, maybe we could just skip that and kiss. Ooh. I love that. It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do it. I would personally, I've said this, like, I would be like, this is romantic, let's kiss, but like, you need to write, you need to say right yes. now that that's never happening again. I have prepared this contract where you're going to promise that you're my never memories will never touched again. again. Yeah. Or I have legal authority to kill you. I mean, you can even make a magic contract where you're like, you cannot make my memories go away. Yeah. Because honestly, that's a pretty big problem. But that scene was really nice. And like, we had been building to them reconciling and like seeing them flirt was really nice. And like, we just wanted a win for Willow. She's had such a hard season. And so that was great. I loved it. 
What is your number three? Again, unsure of the order here, but I put Xander and Willow at the end of the season finale. Mm-hmm. That was just really nice. Like, I wish they showed their friendship more. Yeah. But they, they do it once or twice a season, and it was nice that Xander got to be the hero for once. When they talked about him being the heart. Yeah. I don't know that that was as earned then, but like now we're seeing that for sure. Yeah. I don't know. When they called him the heart in that episode, I was like, yeah, I guess that's something he has because he doesn't have any abilities otherwise. But like, I feel like that's what people get labeled all the time when they are part of a group, but they have no ability. Like, but you're the heart. Like, yeah, like that fucking, Captain Planet kid. Yeah, or like Stranger <laughs> Things. Like, Mike, you're the heart. What? Am I? Yeah, because we really went all in on you on season one as being the leader, but now you're kind of like the least interesting. So we got to give you something. How about what we got left? What we got left? Uh, the heart. <laughs> you're the heart. What does that mean? It means you're the heart. Okay. It means you're written into the plot pretty deep and we can't take you out. But they do some stuff with his character this season, like him and Buffy fighting over the fact that she didn't tell him about Spike. I don't think she needed to tell him about Spike. But the way they reconcile their relationship, like he does really care about both of them. Yeah. There's a lot of things we could complain about as far as Xander's character, the way he's written, a lot of the stuff he does. I don't know that, if I'm being really honest, I don't know that I'm in love with Nicholas's portrayal of Xander, Uh, especially like this season. You mean when he's still trying to fuck Buffy on his wedding day? Yeah, that that's it's like what it makes you wonder about Joss Whedon because I'm like we get that he's horny, but he's not 17 now, and like making a joke about trying to fuck Buffy on his wedding day is like what I would be offended as his friend. Like if I were in that room with him as a guy, I'd be like, hey man, what? That's weird. Unless it was like some kind of joke we didn't. Get. I mean, I think it was a joke, but it- yes, it was a joke, but it's just like so inappropriate. And, like, it has to make Buffy feel weird. Like, okay, we get it. You want to fuck me. Can we be done with that? But he is the heart, and this moment might show up on my list. Is it your number three? No. Oh. What's your number three? Well, my number three is, like, I want to say all of Dark Willow. Okay? That's not fair. I mean, I my number one for Gilmore was from, like, two different episodes. <laughs> but, like, Dark Willow is so delicious. Just, like, her, the things she says, like, when she's all, like, threatening Dawn to turn her into energy... All of that was so creepy and like, look, this is the villain this season needed. Like, she could just make Dawn not be around anymore. That was so awesome. And her like condescending to everybody all the time and like super ego. I loved all of that. So I guess I would say her killing Warren is the moment, though, if I had to make it a moment. That was cool. Yeah. I still want to go frame by frame with that to see how they did that. (laughs) And like using the bullet he killed Tara with to kill him slowly Oh, that was awesome. Do you think that killed him, or do you think it was the lack of skin? Was he dead once the skin came off, or was no, it No, I think fire? he was still alive, but he was on his way out. Mm-hmm. Oof. But, I mean, he deserved it. Oh, fuck Warren. Yeah, he 100% deserved that. I don't feel bad for Warren at all. One, this is not my least favorite moment, but it was probably my second least favorite moment. It was Warren and Katrina. Him trying to, like, make her his sex slave was just so gross. Yeah, totally. The reason I didn't make that my least favorite moment, and maybe it was, but, like, just because it developed his character. I was like, it it is important to show that he deserved to be skinned alive. Yeah. Even though it was, like, not pleasant. We, we like, needed that, so it's not, like, a bad moment in the show. I don't know that we needed to see Zack self-destruct a record deal (laughs) to, like, redeem his character, you know? Yeah. We needed that scene with Warren to let us know, like, no, Warren is the villain and, like, deserves what's coming to him later. Mm Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, if he was just like a kind of a bumbling idiot that, you know, robbed a bank or something, like Willow doing this would be like way too much. But he's not. He's a real bad dude. What is your number two? Buffy and Spike at Xander's wedding. Yeah, I thought that would be on your list. 
I love that so much. I rewatched it today just to double check. And yeah. I like it. I, I think it just like really sums up their whole deal. At least like where we're at now. I can't really remember what happens with them after that. I mean, it's not as much because he's like gone for the last few episodes. But by the end, I think she does like legit kind of love him. At least like have romantic feelings for him. Like she probably wishes he was like a nice man that could be her boyfriend. I do want to say that I don't think she loves him, at least in this moment. Yeah, I, I don't know that I meant that. But it's just so cute the way he like feels good that she feels bad. But also feels bad that she feels bad. He's yes. Like, Sorry. I mean, good. In case we're not being clear, he's trying to make her jealous by bringing a date to this wedding after she yeah. has rejected him. And he's happy that it's working, but he also feels bad that he's hurting her. But they also kind of like joke about her dress. This seems like flirty. She is just like giving him like dignity and like yeah. recognizing that he does have these feelings for her and like throwing him a bone by telling him it's it's working. Yeah. She's just like very respectful of him in this scene when she is so mean to him the first half of the season. It's, he is evil. He like deserves that. He does some bad shit after this for sure. But she's just like acknowledging that his feelings are real. Yeah. And it was just played so well. I don't know. I like the scene a lot. What's your number two? Uh, my number two is Giles's song from Once More With Feelings. Mm -hmm. Like, I just can't tell you how much I love it. I've listened to it so many times. And uh, Spike's song from Once More With Feelings is also very good. But, like, Giles's song is just so, like, it's the father song. Like, it's just, like, I love this woman. Not in a romantic way. I love, like, this, my, essentially my daughter I love. And, like, I wish so much she didn't have to struggle but, like, I know she needs to struggle to grow, and he's conflicted, and he, like, just wants to take care of her, but knows that, like, that's ultimately not ideal for her. Yeah, and it just shows how much he loves her and is, like, pained to, like, you know, introduce her to more pain by abandoning her. But, yeah, I just, I don't love it. It just summed up his feelings for her so much. And, like, also just looked really cool with her, like, slow motion fighting while he's, like, walking in the same shot at regular speed. Singing. Yeah. Yeah, this is a great song. I, I kind of am tying that in with, with Tara because it's part of the same song. But. Yeah, totally. And that's a great way to end it. I mean, it's like, we'll re bring it back up. But I just I just loved hearing Giles's thoughts and emotions here because he's also not the type that really expresses his emotions to anyone. And we don't really have scenes very rarely where he's, like, talking about his emotions to another character to let the audience know. Yeah, usually he just drinks some whiskey and listens to a record. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we get, uh, I know you're talking about when thinking of Joyce, mm -hmm. um, but like in like season two or something when Buffy's having a birthday or season three, I, I don't remember, he like has that moment with Willow where he's like, no, Buffy's getting a birthday. That was the, the only other thing I can think of where it was like him expressing this to somebody. There was also that scene where she comes back in season three and he's like, has to collect himself while he's getting the tea together. He's so happy that Buffy's alive. Uh, so I just loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Love Giles is like my favorite character, so I love it. Him leaving the show is very unfortunate, though. I think totally. it really suffered without him, I and I think the reason he left is dumb. I'm trying to think of what they could have done instead. Because I that song was great, and I like the sentiment. Maybe they were just like, I've got this great idea for a song. That's why Giles is leaving. Like, I need to let her be on her own. I'm trying to think. A better reason for him leaving might have just been like he had to go to England. Like, the council needed him. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing if she were doing really well or just doing okay, and he's like, all right, well, she needs to grow now. But it's like you just came back from what I believe is hell at this moment. You're not doing great, and you have no money, and your friends are not supporting you, and you also have to slay and have a job. Like, just maybe she could just use a caretaker, man. 
Maybe he was just like, the villain this season isn't that big of a deal. You'll figure out how to fight it without me. <laughs> yeah. These little bitches, you're fine. <laughs> but him like having to go to England for business just wouldn't have been as emotional. Although it was very emotional in Gilmore Girls that Logan has to go to England for business. <laughs> so I don't know. That was Amy being like, we can make a- <laughs> this a reason. <laughs> Let us know if you have a better way. Because I get that the actor wanted to leave. Yeah. But maybe there would have just been a less stupid way that he could have left. Maybe you liked it. Okay, so we're getting to number one, but do you have any honorable mentions before we go to number one? Um, I had more that I sort of weeded out because I had way too many, but the, the one I left on my list is when Buffy's got to keep selling the mummy hand over and over mm-hmm. in Life Serial, she's caught in that time loop. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part is probably when she crushes Giles' glasses because <laughs> he keeps like telling her stupid advice and yeah. polishing his glasses. Or when the mummy's got the tongs. <laughs> Yeah, but that whole sequence was great. What about you? Uh, A couple here. So I really like, in seeing Red, where Warren gets those, like, balls that make him strong, and he's almost defeated Buffy, and he says to her, like, say goodnight, bitch, and then she destroys his, like, magic balls, and then is like, goodnight, bitch. I just love it so much. I know it's, like, a one-liner, but it was just, I really loved it. And also, like, yeah, fuck you, Warren. I hate you. Yeah. I want you to fail. I loved that. Say goodnight, bitch. Loved it. Also, uh, Tabula Rasa has so many funny parts in it. And you already mentioned the one about Giles and Anya, which is great. But I also really like when Buffy, like, finds out that she's, like, strong. And then she's all like, I think I know why Joan's the boss. Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. So, yeah, those would be my two honorable mentions, I think. Also, the scene where Willow brings Tara's clothes to life to, like, hold her while she's sad. That's, like, a sad moment, but I think it was, like, an impactful emotional moment. Mm, Yeah, very weird, but, yeah. So now we're down to number one. Stacey, what is your number one moment from Buffy? Well, Giles returning was great when he pops in, like, the reveal at the end of the second to last episode where he's like, I'm back to save the day. But I think I was really more affected by Willow and Giles' kitchen fight. Mm, That's your number one moment. Yeah. We were both just like, oh, Giles, get her. Yeah. And like looking back, it was just such good like foreshadowing, which felt like it was setting something up at the time. He was like, don't mess with this. It can be real bad, which it's like, well, we're going to see what real bad is, of course. Yeah. Saying this. But yeah, him just like telling her, you know, you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. I've done this girl don't get involved and then her being like yeah well i'm probably better at this than you i don't it just that's like their dynamic in the end where he's kind of like i told you so but she ultimately is stronger than him but ultimately she shouldn't be dabbling in those powers either yeah and he wins because he's older and wiser (laughs) he does lose the beam battle we don't see i just love that because they always were like pretty close Mm -hmm. like he you could argue he got along with her better than buffy early on yeah Very rarely did they have conflict. Yeah. So to see him like yelling at one of them was cool. You could easily see him yelling at Xander or maybe even Buffy. Yeah, he has probably has yelled at both of them, but he'd never talked to Will like that before. But I'm I'm sort of tying that in with him then coming back and saving the day, specifically that reveal. Mm -hmm. It still doesn't really explain how Giles heard Willow through the door, though. Remember, he just kind of like popped in and said, I'd like to test that theory. Yeah. Did he just hear it while he was teleporting? He opened the door, though. Maybe the witches were, like, telling him. Yeah. Magic. Science. Magic. What about you? What's your number? It's Willow I mean, and Xander. Yeah, it's Willow and Xander. It was just great. And it was just so good to be like, hey, this is a different ending. We're not going to do Buffy fights a big dude at the end. I mean, we still got Buffy fighting 
Willow and then these like tree monsters or whatever. But like Xander just being like, no, like they're just paying off this whole thing of him and Willow having this like very close friendship since episode one of the show. I feel like the show has constantly told us that they're best friends and sometimes showed us that they're best friends. But like sometimes sort of that isn't a big deal or we don't really really play up how close of friends they have been their whole lives. But this was like, no, we're paying that all off. That all meant something like Xander is the one that could get through to her. And I think it's important because, like, Buffy couldn't have done this because Buffy is like, I'm physically able to maybe fight you. So, like, once my words don't work, I'm going to fight. But Xander's like, I can't. So this is all I can do. And because he's so vulnerable and, like, knows Willow so much, I feel like he's the only one that got through to her. And it was wonderful. Uh, Loved it. It was just so different. Another question I had about the season finale was Buffy had that moment where she was talking to Giles in the back where she questioned her purpose for being brought back from the dead. Yeah. Do you think that that is Dawn? Like she realizes it's Dawn? Because by the end of that episode, she's like, oh my God, I would have been neglecting my sister. Or do you think that is yet to be answered? I would say that's yet to be answered. I don't know if they were setting anything up or not. It'd be interesting if her coming back from the grave had some impact on anything. Was that like a clue? No, no. I'm just saying that would be interesting. Okay. If they show address that or something. (laughs) I just, that seemed like a question they were going to answer. But now that I've seen all of season six, I'm like, wait a minute. Was that answered? Was it Dawn? If it is answered, it's not answered clearly. Okay. Let us know if you thought it was answered. But again, her coming back from the grave, I mean, I don't know that that would affect anything. This is a clue. What? (laughs) Babe, you're reading into things. That's what he said when I caught him with all those bridesmaids. (laughs) Baby, you are reading into things. I love the idea that they are all bridesmaids, too, every time. <laughs> are they maids, though? I think we eventually landed on you put the ad out for maids, but they came yeah. dressed as bridesmaids? Yeah, whatever they're into is fine. Just no tummy touches. Well, that's what they're into. <laughs> so I think we got all of our favorite moments covered. Yes. But, you know, there were some not great moments as well. Yeah. Do you want to hear mine? I do. What is your least favorite moment of the show, of the season? I just want to say close in contention was that biker gang. <laughs> they sucked. I really hated them. But I think it's Xander's family at the wedding. It was yeah. just too much. Mm-hmm. And kind of tying that in with like the conflict with Anya's circus family or whatever they called it. Yeah. I don't know. That was just all a lot. It was unbelievable. It was so gross. His dad was so over the top. Yeah. His like uncle. Mm-hmm. was just, like, constantly sexual. Like, to the point where it's like, how do you function in society if you're like this? And some of it was to set up the conflict. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, Xander's motivation for leaving. But it just wasn't really fun to watch. What was your least favorite moment? I think you know. It's the last few seconds of the episode Normal Again. I did know. We've talked about this a bunch, so I won't rehash it too much, but I'll just say that the last few seconds are played for us as the audience to suggest that there's a twist ending, that Buffy is actually in that hospital, and that all of Buffy is fake. It's all a delusion. And we've talked about this again, I won't go into it too much, like Joss and the other writers have talked about how it was left intentionally ambiguous, and that all the writers are like, but I think Buffy's real. But it's like, yeah, but like you, that's not how writing works. Like if you leave it ambiguous, like it, it, I would say it wasn't even left ambiguous. It was like, no, the music's letting us know that there's a twist and the twist is it's fake. 
And there's a lot of things you can do headcanon-wise. Oh, it's all a dream, and this is just the last few moments of her delusion. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to pretend that didn't happen or it didn't mean anything. But with the music, the way it was in the last shot, there's no way to interpret that other than the show was letting us know that this is reality. Okay. Are you ready to reveal your favorite episode? I'm ready. I have a guess what it is, but I want you to tell me. My favorite episode is Once More With Feelings. Same. It was just great. So fun. I know. I was like, maybe there's a better one, but I don't think so. No, it was just great. It was fun. Musicals are fun. And it was fun to have the characters express themselves through song. Yeah, it revealed so much. Buffy finally telling them that she was in heaven. Mm-hmm. Great twist, too. Yeah. I mean, her dance. <laughs> <laughs> they kiss at the end. Mm-hmm. Giles' song, Spike's song, walking through the fire with the fire truck behind them. Yeah. But also when Buffy and Spike kiss and they like they kind of foreshadow, like saying that this isn't real when they kiss. Like, is this a real relationship? Like, it was, it was good. It was a good episode. It was good. They did a good job. If I had to pick a second choice, maybe the second to last one, two to go. I think I liked that one a little more than the finale. Yeah. I like villains, too. I liked the end of villains with yeah. Warren more so than like going out in the desert. But yeah, the beginning of villains is good, too. Yeah. The whole last three is kind of like one piece, pretty much. Totally. It's hard to be like, what happened in which episode? They're all sort of like the same story. It's all like one day. Mm-hmm. But I think Once More My Feeling tops all that overall. Totally agree. It's neck and neck between that and normal again for my favorite. <laughs> so, Stacy, what predictions do you have for season seven of Buffy? Oh, man. Giles is going to go back to England. Just because he doesn't want to be in the show, why would he be in a bunch? <laughs> No, I mean, I know the actor didn't want to be in the show, so I assume he's not going to be in every episode. He'll pop back in here and there. He'll probably be back for the final episode or two. Maybe he'll invite Dawn and Buffy on an all-expenses-paid European vacation. Ooh, I bet Buffy would love Italy. <laughs> Buffy said she was going to show Dawn the world. so That's true. Makes sense they would go there. Dawn's probably going to deal with some more grown-up stuff. Buffy's going to be hesitant, but will like, start letting her do some more Scooby things. Probably have a big episode where Dawn saves the day. She's probably going to get like a dumb little boyfriend that Xander hates. I think Xander and Anya will reconcile. Mm-hmm. It definitely seems to be going that way, but Anya's going to do some vengeance. Not on Xander, but on some other people for sure. Yeah. There'll be a new gathering location now that the magic box is destroyed. I've heard rumblings of a vineyard. Maybe that'll be Anya's newest business venture or the Big Bad's house could go either way. I'm pretty sure I read that Andrew is an angel, and people seem to really love him. Like, he's funny, but I wouldn't say I, like, adore him. So I bet he is an angel, and we learn to love his character even more over there. But I kind of don't think we'll see much of Andrew and Jonathan next season. Maybe, like, once, but I don't think they're going to be a big part of it by any means. I'm done with that. That leaves Buffy, Willow, and Spike. I truly have no idea. Um, Spike's obviously going to think he's got a chance with Buffy, and... I bet she does fall for him at least a little bit at some point, but I don't think she's just going to like fall into his arms as easily as he'd like her to. Maybe he'll even be like a totally different person, basically, like that she doesn't already know and love. Since mm-hmm. Angel and Angel is so different, like maybe William is very different than Spike and what Buffy maybe did like about Spike isn't there anymore. Because, I mean, William was a bit of a softy. Yeah. And Buffy seems to be into like alpha men. It's true. So maybe they'll have to sort of start at square one with their relationship. Does she end up with him? I don't know. She's into broody poetry, guys. What are you talking about? Angel was always giving her poetry books. Yeah, I know. Give William a chance. I would date William. I think it could end with Buffy dying. Classic Buffy season finale. 
Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Just like close the book, new Slayer. Not that she even causes the Slayer. There should be a new Slayer somehow. Are they going to kill Faith? I think the show has set up that Buffy doesn't make new Slayers anymore. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't confirmed that, but they, you think they would have addressed it after she died. Maybe it'll be like a flash forward. I don't know. Having Faith, if you don't watch Angel, Faith's just like sitting in jail. So there can't yeah. be a new Slayer until Faith dies or something changes. But that seems like that should be addressed. I mean, how could Faith die in prison? There's ways. Yeah, we'll probably see Faith again at some point, somewhere. Or at least hear about her. Your brother said something weird about Faith in a vineyard once. Your brother, I don't know if he knew what he was talking about. I'm going to be real honest with you, and this is not... This is not a lie or a misdirect. My brother was very confused about what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, because he started saying some stuff, and Brian was like, uh, I think you're confused. And I was like, is he confused, or are you saying that? So I don't think that's true. Like, I think I know what my brother was trying to say, but, like, he was mixing up all kinds of characters. <laughs> <laughs> Willow's going to need, like, rehab, I guess, the magic mm-hmm. equivalent of rehab. I think her and Buffy will have some tension. They'll slowly repair their relationship over the course of the season, and then they'll be better than ever. And I think Willow will be like a powerful good witch by the end. Xander's going to be more Team Willow than Buffy is, because mm-hmm. he's already starting to forgive her a bit, or like you know, like hey, we can get through this. But last Buffy and Willow were talking, they were like literally fighting, and she was trying to kill her sister. So I think Buffy will have a harder time forgiving Willow. Clem's around. He's just going to be a good friend to everybody. But yeah, I think Buffy could die. Probably someone less important will die along the way towards the end. I've seen a picture of Xander with an eye patch. I don't know what that means. They have season two. He dresses up like a pirate and he it, has an eye patch. And everyone, I, I think that's what you're thinking of. I don't think it was that one. I really think that's what you're thinking of. There'll be some new characters. But yeah, they'll um they'll beat the big bad and maybe all the other big bads will come back from the dead and they'll beat them too. All the big bads will come back from the dead. Yeah. Okay. Just a huge battle for Earth. <laughs> and I bet we'll see Angel. He's going to pop up. Yeah? Um, yeah, that's all. Did I miss anything? Did, uh, did you miss anything with your predictions? <laughs> yeah, well, no, that's exa- perfect. That's literally everything that happens in season seven. <laughs> did I miss any characters? I, I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, you didn't say what happens to Parker, so. <laughs> Do you think these seasons had any similarities? I feel like early on they did. Like, Buffy and Rory were both struggling yeah to like figure out what to do with their lives mm-hmm. for about the same amount of time and then rory found yale and buffy found double meat palace both shows dealt a lot with miscommunication or rather lack of communication yeah so like buffy's not telling her friends for several episodes like what's wrong really and then not about spike and then not telling yeah not telling about spike but then also xander's like not sharing his like insecurities with anybody he does a little bit with giles but like he's not really talking about his insecurities with people luke's not talking about april lorelei's yeah. not talking about her feelings mm-hmm. rory's hiding her anger at logan for a while also a wedding gets called off in both shows oh yeah we have people being very overprotective of their suddenly appearing daughter figure like dawn and april <laughs> And struggling with addiction, too, right? Like, Willow is struggling with her addiction to magic, and Lane's struggling with her addiction to fucking Zach, I guess. <laughs> it's just like, you gotta kick that. You gotta get rid of it. <laughs> get it out of your life. In England. And, <laughs> yeah, and people going to England. People coming and going from England. Uh, we also have people having feelings for each other that they maybe don't want to have. Rory's in love with Logan, even when she doesn't want to be. Spike's in love with Buffy, even though he doesn't want to be. 
and Buffy is having feelings for Spike, even though she doesn't really want to or knows it's not good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about which one we thought was better and also just dive a little bit, not too long, into just some of the thoughts about each season as a whole. So, Stacey, which season do you think was better of these two shows? I just, I don't know. Like, when I was making my list of moments, I had so many more favorite Gilmore moments. Mm -hmm. I had a harder time coming up with ones for Buffy. There's just a lot more Buffy that I didn't like in the middle there. Yeah. But I think Buffy has, like, a better plot overall. Mm -hmm. I just think that, like, I enjoyed Gilmore Girls more. Like, more about Buffy was sad and bad Mm -hmm. but it was like going somewhere where like the overall plot of when you step back and you look at both seasons i think what buffy did was better even Mm -hmm. though i didn't enjoy it as much along the way where gilmore girls often i was like yeah that episode was fun i liked that that was good conflict but then when you look at gilmore girls from a distance it's like oh but some of these problems are stupid or the characters are acting in ways that don't really make sense for that character or for a human being and, I mean, the trio didn't love. It was a lot of real estate. I don't mind April at all. What do you think? I haven't answered the question yet, but that's where I'm starting from. It's very tough, but I totally agree with you. A lot of the things when you really think about Gilmore, you're like, this is a manufactured problem. But the episodes are pretty funny. And, like, the sad moments are, like, kind of sad, but not super sad. Whereas Buffy is just, like, a barrage of depression. Just, like, every episode ends with, like, and Buffy's living in, like, her own personal hell right now. And Willow is struggling with losing the love of her life and guilt for everything she's done and is addicted to magic. And Dawn is, like, stealing stuff and, like, not doing well at all. And, like, Xander ruined his relationship for no real reason. These are real things that are, like, interesting to explore. No, they are real things. But Buffy's almost like a double escapism with its, like, fantasy elements. But I guess just, like, when every episode is this deluge of depression, like, what you were talking about, but, like, how fun is that to watch? I don't know that it's as enjoyable as, like, these very funny episodes of Gilmore. Not that Buffy doesn't have very funny episodes. But, like, watching Buffy save the world in season five, sacrifice herself, but then to come back from the heaven that she fucking deserves, to have to work at a double meat palace under some douchebag dude, seeing Buffy in this toxic relationship, seeing her being so distraught, it's just, it's, it's not always that pleasant. And seeing Willow so distraught is not that pleasant. But like you said, when you get to the end of the season and you're like, okay, maybe not every individual episode was a fucking walk in the park, super joyous, fun occasion. But like, oh, we told a whole story and all of these plots were going somewhere. And Buffy is like dealing with stuff like mental illness, which is just a topic that's not easy to talk about. Mm-hmm. Willow's story is talking about like addiction and like loss and how addiction ruins relationship, which is not an easy, fun topic. So Buffy season six is doing some really heavy lifting and like going somewhere with all this heavy lifting. So it's really hard to compare the seasons because they're very different shows at this point. Buffy is dealing with real serious topics and Gilmore is like, it's it's melodrama. It's soap opera. So it's really hard. It's really hard. If I were to have to tell you halfway through the season, which one? Gilmore for sure. But when we get to the end and we see the whole picture, it's so much more complicated. Yeah, I... I think it's probably Buffy for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to go Buffy for this season. And it's I re- I'm torn. I'm torn for everything I just said. I think it was more enjoyable for 80% of the season to watch Gilmore. But the story payoff in six for Buffy was so good. I think I have to go Buffy. And I think that's like the question here is like, which season did it better? Mm-hmm. Well, 
If you look at the math, though, you voted for Buffy nine times and Gilmore 12 times. And I voted for Buffy 12 times and Gilmore nine times. That's so funny. (laughs) So I did seem to prefer Buffy. You seem to go Gilmore. One of your Gilmore votes was out of spite for normal again. And for those of you doing the math, that adds up to 21. We tied All the Way and Welcome to the Dollhouse. All the Way was the Halloween episode of Buffy? Yeah. And Welcome to the Dollhouse must be the one where... Richard brings that dollhouse. Yeah, it's like the one with the street names, Swords and Boils. I think mm-hmm. that was just kind of like an okay Gilmore, but like also not a great Buffy. Yeah. It was just like no way to decide. Oh, that's the one with the Birkin bag? You mean that big ad for Birkin bags in the middle yeah. of... So if you're curious, this brings our totals to Brian voting for Buffy 64 times and Gilmore Girls 58 times. Formerly, your totals were Buffy 55, Gilmore 46. So you've tightened your gap a little. My totals are now Buffy 60, Gilmore 62, formerly 48, 53. So I have narrowed my gap a lot, pretty much tied. I see that. So it is anyone's game at this point, if that's what this is about. (laughs) That's what this is about. Wow. You've got a a ways more to go for Gilmore to win for you, but I, I could see Buffy winning for me. Yeah. I mean, I liked uh, more episodes. We said this. I, I liked more episodes of Gilmore this season, but I thought the season overall went to Buffy. So who knows? I, I'm interested to see what season seven is going to have in store for me. Maybe I'll like more episodes of Gilmore. Maybe I'll like the whole season more. We'll see. I like Gilmore a lot. I think that's happened before. I think in season two, I voted for Gilmore quite a few more times, but I said season two of Buffy was better. I mean, I think that Joss Whedon and his crew are just better at writing a whole season's worth of story arc. It might just be because of how the show is, too. Yeah. You're, like, you're dealing with a villain that's going to be defeated by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Where Gilmore is a bit more like, yeah, it's the school year, but like you don't need to end something at the end of the season. Yeah. We're often like in the middle of a problem at the end of a Gilmore season. The stakes in Buffy, no pun intended, are also just way higher than in mm-hmm. Gilmore. So it tends to really ramp up. I didn't hate season six of Gilmore, though. I didn't either. I did hate the miscommunication or lack of communication, but I didn't hate the season. Yeah, I agree. It's like invented drama, and that's annoying. But like episode to episode, it was still enjoyable to watch the show. Totally. A few things we didn't talk about is uh, Xander's decision to not get married. That was a big thing that I didn't like in the show, especially since we don't really dive into it that much. He's all like, no, I maybe made the right decision. Let's date, but maybe not get married. And it's like, what? what is your thought process? Can you have a conversation with someone so we understand what you're at least thinking? Yeah. We didn't talk about Spike getting his soul back, really. That's going to change a lot for next season. Now that he has his soul back, he is a different character as far as I'm concerned. So that's going to change so much. Like I predicted. Yeah. Well, when you when I say different character, I just mean like you can't hold him accountable for anything he did as Spike because he didn't have a soul. Sure. Same way you can't hold Angel accountable for everything he did. But Holtz tries. Holtz is a character from Angel. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. We wrapped it up. Yeah. Do you want to put the bow on it? If you guys want to watch along next week, we'll be starting season seven of both shows with Buffy the Vampire Slayer season seven, episode one, Lessons. As well as Gilmore Girls Season 7, Episode 1, The Long Morrow. I can't believe we only have one more season. I know. When we started this, I was like, wow, mid-2023 seems like forever away. But here we are. It's coming. Just a few more months. But we are very interested in your thoughts on this whole season. Both are complicated. Both are controversial. Let us know. What were your thoughts on these whole seasons, on the individual episodes versus the whole storytelling arc of this season? Let us know. We want to know. Yeah, were these good seasons, in your opinion? Bad? What were your favorite episodes and moments? Did you love that biker gang? (laughs) (laughs) 
How could Giles have left more gracefully? Do you think the storylines were wrapped up too quickly, like Rory just coming back to her mom in one episode? Let us know. You can reach out by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Gilmore Slayer, where we post interactive questions, comedy sketches based on each episode, and more. Or send us an email at brianandstacyreviews at gmail.com. For more bonus content, find us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash brianandstacy, where we post weekly video recaps of the show Angel, host monthly live stream watch parties, post monthly podcast outtakes, and share early extended episode previews. And shout out to our new Patreon subscriber, Rebecca Bond. For more non-podcast content, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, also called Brian and Stacy. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so by making a donation of your choosing via the link found at the bottom of our episode description or in our social media bio. And if you like what you're hearing, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll give you a shout-out in an upcoming podcast. Or find you a love connection. Or a friend connection. Or bridesmaids connection. Brian, I, I don't want you to see the bridesmaids anymore. I'm going to... I'm going to put my foot down. Oh, really? Okay, fine. <laughs> that was easy. I mean, I was surprised I was getting away with it for as long as I was. <laughs> <laughs> the ambulance is coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> Guess I'm having a heart attack giving up my bridesmaids. Well, guys, it's been six seasons. We got one more to go. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.